Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today is Tell Del Tuesday, and with me here today is Jeff Olson out of Washington, the state. And uh, Jeff is uh, an interesting situation in someone who has decided that he wanted to go and get out of corporate America and just do the kinds of things that he enjoys doing, including uh, working part-time as a full to working full-time. So, Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dell. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. Why don't we start way back in the beginning and talk about yourself uh, when you were younger and were you an entrepreneur spirit when you were young or, you know, what happened? Because I see you had done some real estate way back when I started in 87. So why don't you share with us how you got started being an entrepreneur? Sure. I was, uh, like you said, young. I was in my early 20s and I was in a job with a major um, drugstore chain. And it turned out I thought it was my dream job. I was traveling the West Coast, setting up new stores, had an expense account, flying on a corporate jet. I thought, this is the life. And um, that position kind of came to an end, and I needed a place to live. I had been living at home at the time, didn't need a, a, an apartment or anything. So I had some, my, my stepfather had some real estate friends that he hooked me up with. And they said, you know what you need? You need a, a rental home. You need a, and they suggested a duplex. You could live in one side, rent out the other side. And like, I'm in. I had all this money to, to spend. And so I'm 24. I buy a, a, a duplex and become a landlord. And like, whoa, I, I can't believe this is happening. Um, and back then, it was scary. There was no internet. There was no resources really that we have now that you could go online and um, figure out how to be a landlord. It was go to the library, ask your real estate friends. Things took time. I used to go to, um, they had a, a an office supply store that had legal documents that you could buy. My first lease that I got for the, the rental, I paid two ninety nine and had a hard copy that I took to the, the new tenants and had them fill it out. It was pretty funny looking back at it. Yeah, it's funny. I forgot all about all that stuff. That's when I started back in 87. And you're right. There really wasn't any information, really, that was available. I mean, there was the Midnight Madness guys. They're out there telling you they could teach you how to get rich uh, by doing crazy stuff. But other than that, there really wasn't. So you bought a duplex. And you lived in one side and you rented out the other. Do you have uh, good results with that or bad results? I, I still have it, actually. And it's it's cash flowing like you want to believe. Um, but I, I did I kept it. I moved out, built a home. And um, so I've had it rented full time since then. And actually, a couple years after holding it, the same 
guys said, hey, you know, we should leverage this and get you into something bigger. So actually put an offer on a 12-unit complex when I was like 26 years old, which we didn't end up getting, but had gone down that path. And unfortunately, my life, my my work, I enjoyed so much. Um, the the real estate was a sideline, um, and I had a nice career that I thoroughly enjoyed, and didn't realize until much later in life that you know what, if I had gone forward with that, and you you and I could have been neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. So let's talk a little bit about this just to clean this part of the story up. Uh, what did you buy that for purchase price wise and what's it worth today? Um, I paid $72,500 for that. And at the time, they said that was insane. That was a high price. And the interest rates um, were 12%. It's like 11 half, 12%. Yeah. And, but, but that was what it was at the time. And nobody really knew a lot different. I didn't know any different as a first-time purchaser, but um, I held on to it. And today, it's worth probably around five hundred thousand dollars. Wow! Kind of beats the four hundred one k plan, huh? It does. It does. And we actually ended up um, a few years ago purchasing another single-family and held it for eight years. And um, it appreciated very, very well. If we take this to the simplest level, Jeff, I mean, this is, you can go anywhere with this story, but if you just want to take this at the simplest level, you think about this, who knows how much rent you've collected over, let's see, 87, 97, 2007, 2017, 2022. That's 35 years now, right? 35 years of collecting rent. Yep. I mean, my gosh. I mean, I can't even imagine how much rent that is. Um, you know, let's say just I'm going to make up a number and say a couple hundred dollars a month positive cash flow. Um, just making a number up, and that's probably low, but we'll just, especially since it's grown, I'm sure. 200 times 12 times 35 years. Uh, what do you get for rent now? That'd give us a better idea. Where it's, it's netting about three thousand dollars a month yeah. yeah so I mean that's that's got to be hundreds of thousands of dollars there and uh, then you look at the value and reality is even though you paid seventy two thousand by the way that is high for back then but um, the fact that you didn't put seventy two thousand down how much did you have to put down about ten percent it was ten percent exactly yeah and, Can't and imagine. I'm taking money out of it as well for other rental, other single-family purchases. There you go. So you work your way through all of this and decide to become an IT guy. Is that where you moved to as far as uh, employment? I, I was an IT guy um, for the drugstore chain, and then I moved over to a um, major healthcare provider, one of the largest in the nation's, nation, and um, spent about 10 years there. Left there, moved into... Um, uh, garden center. Using my management skills and people skills, I managed a garden, a multi-location garden center for about 10 years and just got burnt out finally and ended up leaving. 
thought, what am I going to do now? And my good friend, who you know, Mike Johnson, had been beating me up for several years because he had moved to Texas and said, hey, I'm doing some single-family things. And one day he called me and said, I'm buying a apartment complex. I said, you're what? And so I started to take notice of what he was doing. And when I left my job in 2019, I said, you know, I need to get serious about this. And um, started talking to him some more. He had pointed out some things that I could be doing, and it was kind of the puzzle pieces that I'd been missing had all started coming together with the information he provided, and uh, it started to make sense. So before we go to break here, I just wanted to get in front of everybody for those people, because people tend to listen to the radio in segments. Let's talk about how many total deals you're in now, because I've got a list here, but how many deals have you done? How many total units? I see the total units is almost 2,000 units, 1955. Um, How many deals is that? I'm into um, 14 deals now. 14 apartment complexes? 14 apartment complexes. First one was um, closed in August of 2020. Okay. 2020? Oh, you didn't start till 2020 on that. No, no. I've, I've shifted into fifth gear real quick, and this is, I'm all in. Today with me on Tell Dell Tuesday is Jeff Olson out of Washington State. And uh, Jeff is currently got around 14 apartment deals he's in, uh, almost 2,000 units. And we're going to start discussing some of the finances behind this stuff. So, Jeff, let's talk about this. You started investing in your first deals in 2020 as apartment complex deals. How did you get involved with Lifestyles? Did Obviously, your friend referred you. What did you do to get into Lifestyles? Since you know you were referred, you still did you go through the process? And what did you? I, I went through kind of a modified process. Um, I talked to some some <laughs> folks that were in Lifestyles, uh, my friend that had moved to Texas, and a couple other people did some good research and thought, you know, this is this is legitimate. This is something I really want to do. So we signed up and attended the two day in Seattle in um, January of 2020, went through the whole process. And and like I said earlier, there was pieces of the puzzle that I had, and that helped fill in those other pieces of the puzzle, a lot of them. And it it opened my eyes that this is, I'm in the right place. So uh, at what age did you get married? How long have you been with your wife? We got married, uh, we just celebrated our 23rd wedding anniversary. I was in my early 30s. We were both in our early 30s. All right. So you've had time to blend your belief systems, you know, without length of time. So what did she think when you brought all this up? She was a little unsure at the time. She, uh, it was, I think, a little bit out of her box, but our CPA had been telling us that we needed to invest in some things where we could have some write-offs and some some losses for income that we have. She has a good job. That she earns a nice salary, and we needed to offset some of that. So it took a little bit of convincing to put all this money into these deals, but 
now that uh, we've been in them for a while, she's she's all in. She's on now, board. I thought she was an accounting manager. She is. She absolutely is. And um, when it comes to putting some money out, like I was proposing to her, it, it was she swallowed hard. But she trusted me. <laughs> Is it okay? I, I believe it. You've done your due diligence, and uh, let's go. Okay. And uh, so you decided to start putting some money in. Where did you go to to bring some funds together for your first purchases? We had some funds um, saved already. Um, and as it turns out, uh, when we started in the middle of COVID, and um, – I was fortunately laid off from the part-time job that I had at the time, so that made me eligible to take a distribution from my 401k without a penalty. So I jumped all over that, took that money out, and um, deployed that into some deals, and we did a cash-out refi for our, our primary home which got us into a lot of deals. And with interest rates at the time, I think we got like 2.85%. How could you say no to that? Mm -hmm. And we started getting some distributions in from deals. And uh, we did have a sale, one sale already, that uh, we got in and I immediately redeployed that. So just... We just looked all over what we had and what we could do and started finding money that, that, you know, when you put it all together, it was enough to do deals. Well, it looks like this first one you uh, sold, I think it's called The Crossing, uh, you had a 400% return, so that's got to add some positivity to your thought process of what you're doing, huh? That that was exciting. <laughs> that was the the first sale out of all of the the deals that we've done, and um, I think I stopped the car when I read the email and got out of the, out and did a happy dance. <laughs> 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 like, okay, this is good. This is really good. I was pretty excited, as was my wife. So I'm going to try to ask some a question here I'm, I'm going for an explanation that I, I i'm i don't know if i can get but i'm going to try and that is what type of a person is it yourself jeff that uh prefers part-time gigs and uh, i only say that because i don't know that you don't since that's what you've been doing you said you l- left the part-time gig there when COVID hit um, don't know which one of the part-time gigs that was you left, but what is it that that attracts you to the part-time gig thing? Well, the the part-time gig, just so we're all um, on board, is I'm a school bus driver. When I left my last full-time position, I was off for a couple months, and I kept seeing signs around that they're in desperate need of bus drivers. Huh? You know what? And we had just signed up for Lifestyles as well, and I was going through some of the the um, the training and the coursework, and I'm going to go do that just to uh, fill my time, and I that would give me time to do my lifestyles um, work as well, which which worked perfect perfectly. Besides the fact that my wife said, 
you're not going to retire until I retire, which she still had two, three years on the horizon where she wanted to jump from her company. So there was that. But um, it's a nice way that I can go out and I give back to the, the community, the schools. Um, I enjoy what I do. I come home in the middle of the day. I go to my computer. I see what's going on in the lifestyles world. Um, it's a good balance for me. Okay. Children, you got any? I do. I have three children. My youngest just got married here at our, our house. Um, she's away at school, so she moved out. We're empty nesters. My um, middle child, uh, Kendra, lives in Colorado with her husband and three kids. And my oldest uh, is actually the Lifestyles Ambassador for the Portland area. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. My oldest daughter. That's very interesting. So when you go through this, like you said, your wife isn't going to let you retire until she retires, and that was uh, two years ago, it looks like, um, somewhere thereabouts. Uh, is she planning on retiring someday, or does she just like her job too much? She she does like it, but she does want to retire, and she keeps bugging me, um, checking on distributions and the cash-on-cash um, mailbox money that comes in said, are we ready yet? Can I, can I retire yet? And we're getting close. We're getting very close. All right, well, we're going to take a break at that point, Jeff. We'll be right back with Jeff Olson, the Del Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. Successful Lifestyles Unlimited member retires in 10 months. The hardest part for me was to drop off my son, go to a job that I absolutely hated for five years, but know that that was a sacrifice that I needed to make, and then only be able to get to spend two hours with him after school before he had to go back to bed. So that's why once we started and we joined Lifestyles, we said, okay, we have a roadmap. We know what we're gonna do. And then a month later, we find out we're pregnant with baby number two, and we're like, okay, we gotta kick it up a notch. So that's how we were able to purchase four different properties and um, replace in 10 months, replace my income in 10 months so that whenever I finished maternity leave, I didn't have to go back to work. I think a, I think a couple weeks before she baby came out is when we closed on a fourplex and that was enough for her not to have to go back to work. Are you ready for your roadmap to real estate retirement? Attend the online free workshop just like Carolina did. Register lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Here with me today on Tell Del Tuesday is Jeff Olson out of uh, Washington State. And as we went to break, I was asking Jeff about how he got indoctrinated into Lifestyles Unlimited. So Jeff, um, Let's go back to the two-day. I always like to ask everybody this, even though you came in a little bit differently. Um, I still want to hear, what was it that you heard at the two-day that was an aha moment? Do you go, wow, that's, that's a piece I didn't know? I think it was a combination of all the little puzzle pieces. Like I said, I was, I was missing. And uh, 
the financing piece of it, how to leverage your money so you could move it forward into other properties. That was something that, you know, we've been trained to pay off your debt for so many years. And that was, I think, the aha. I was like, uh, that's not as good as they say it is, that, you know, we can take that money and utilize it and deploy it and get money coming in from it. Okay. That's really it. And, and the closeness of all the people that were there and their willingness to share, it was like I had found my missing family going solo for so many years and not having much contact with other people who own rental properties like oh there's this whole community that are just like me that are interested in their willingness to share it was it was amazing so you took the class where which location uh it was in seattle seattle Seattle. so that couldn't have been a really large class up there um, in your room, what do you think? There were 20, 30, 40 people? What do, you, what do you think? Oh, there was more than that. There was probably 50 at least, okay. I think. And some of them were already members. They were coming back and taking the class again. So they'd been through it. Uh, they had um, done deals and had prop- owned properties or invested in properties across the, the country and in Texas. So those were great resources of information and totally validated everything else that I had been hearing, which was very refreshing. Did that add a little comfort for your wife? It did. She was actually excited. (laughs) She said, yeah, I think we should probably do this. I said, you're darn right we should do this. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's talk now about when you came out of there, you decided the multifamily way was what you wanted to do and be a passive? Exactly. Having... You know, self-managed for a number of years and coming out of a job that I had dealt with the public for so many years, I was kind of done with that. So we decided the passive route was how we wanted to go and um, so we could be on track to uh, retire and enjoy life without having to, to be responsible for managing some properties. Well, it's a definite truth. If you can get to that point of retirement as a passive investor, um, once you get there, it's heaven. I mean, there's no doubt. That's that's the ultimate retirement yep. right there, man. Um, I believe you. It's probably a little slower than uh, getting out there and doing it on your own, like you saw the massive gains you made on your own single-family house. But you still, once you get there, the result is generally much more enjoyable. So let's talk about, did you plan and scheme with your wife on what to buy or did you just do that on your own? I mostly did that on my own. Um, It was opportunistic that COVID had happened. You know, you've talked about this before, um, being so removed from all the activity up here um, geographically in Washington, there was a lot of Zoom meetings, so I was able to dial into those. I met so many people, leads, um, so I got to know what was going on pretty quickly. Like a, um, I would call it the fast track compared to what I hear was previous, where it was a little more. Um, the, the people are not. I was not right where all the where all the people were, where all the activity was. So. It, it helped me a lot, and I talked to leads 
and um, analyzed a lot of deals. And during that time, it was very easy to talk to people and um, get the information that I needed and pick and choose the deals that I was comfortable with. So it worked you're, out You're very right well. about that. COVID was a blessing in disguise for us, for Lifestyles Unlimited, because it forced us to take everything online. Um, we, we used to do everything locally, live, as much as possible, touchy-feely, get to meet real people, you know, blah, blah, blah. But all of a sudden, real people had to be on video screens because of COVID. But it, it made us change the format of everything, and uh, people really did like it. So were you surprised how many different places around the country that this was going on? I was very surprised. And since I've joined it seems like it has grown um, even more. And it seems like the impetus may have been COVID and being able to get out there and expand it even more. Um, it, it's very nice, very nice to see. Now, when you decided on your properties, let's talk about this. There's so many different ways to segment your choices there. Let's see where you put your priorities. Um, when you were looking for a deal, what were your priorities? I I kind of had several priorities. I, I wanted some properties, some deals that had cash flow so that we could start an income stream and start begin building that. And I also wanted some that, um, what we call the value uh, plays, where there would be no distributions, but we would be in a position to gain from the equity that is built in the property as it's um, re- rehabbed and um, made a better place to live for the, the tenants, then they can sell it, of course, and get a be- much better price on the sale. So I've got a combination of, of those just to be a little diversified. And uh, how much weight did you put on the, the lead investor? I put a lot of weight on the lead investor. Um, coming from my background, and I'm, I'm a stickler for punctuation and spelling, and I look at that, I look at the communications, and if they're a good communicator, that is high marks in my book. Um, people that are very detail-oriented, I've had project management in my background, so the, the folks that have a plan, and they've laid out the plan and thought about it, and schedule it, you know that they are going to be good executors of their plan. So uh, those those two things with leads work well for me. Gotcha. Um, what about first time as opposed to long time leads? Was there any difference in uh, that thought process? Um, I like long long time leads. Also, I believe that first-time leads, if they have the, the character, characteristics and qualities, like I mentioned before, that um, there may be a little more risk, but I've, I've um, invested with, with some first-time leads and done very well. Yeah, I find the first-time leads want to get it done. <laughs> they do. They don't want to let their investors down, and they want to move on uh, and get into another bigger, better um, property and deal. So you're right. They, they have incentive. 
Yeah, I found that to be true. Let's talk about geographically uh, diversification. Did you think about that at all? I did. Um, because you never know what is going to happen to the laws within each state or even down to the county level. So I've got a concentration in, in Texas where, of course, a lot of deals were taking place, but Arizona um, was a very um, hot geography, so I have some um, properties there. I'm really interested in you know, the Carolinas, and we've got now leads in um, other states, Utah, and maybe even Idaho, so I want to see what's happening there. Well, you know, I, I always thought it would be a good excuse to travel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've right. never gone. <laughs> I got properties all over the country, probably in twenty different states, and I've never gone to visit them. And I don't know. I always thought that was going to be a good excuse to go do something, but I guess not. Who wants to go visit a stupid apartment complex, right? <laughs> well, my wife and like... I retire and get our airstream. Maybe we'll we'll do that, and we'll just make a checklist and travel from property to property. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Jeff Olson out of Washington State. And Jeff, um, as I was going through your portfolio here, I noticed that you were just really on a buying frenzy. Two in August of 2020, two in October, one in November, two in December. Then again, the next year, one in January, uh, two in March. I mean, how were you attacking it that quickly? Well, we had we had uh, accumulated some of the funds, and like I said, we took out a, a refinance on our house, and I took a distribution um, during COVID from my 401k, so we had the money to deploy, and I wanted to build the snowball and build a big snowball to start, because, you know, what they say, the snowball just keeps getting bigger, so I just wanted that big snowball to start it rolling to uh, make everything go a little bit faster. So um, looking here at your notes, one of them sold in June of 22. Looks like another one sold in September of 22. And that one had a good return also? That one is due to, it got moved a little bit um, with all the interest rates moving and things happen, of course. Um, closing dates get moved. So that's actually going to close, um, I hear now, in November. And so we should... About a hundred and ninety, maybe a little bit less than one hundred and ninety-eight percent return on that, with a, a hold of just over a couple of years. Okay. And uh, what about these other two you've got listed down here? There's um, one in Tyler, Texas, um, with Ed Faulkner that we've held um, be two years coming up in um, November. And that's under contract to sell. And um, the other is the crossing on Grands in um, Tucson, which we've held just about a year and a half, and that's going to have a cash-out refi event um, right here this month. So that's some exciting news for us to have some good cash distributions coming back in that um, – we'll be able to redeploy and get into some more deals. So um, the way that's listed there, you've got crossing at Roger, crossing at Grand, and you've got Vibo Shaw, um, and then you've got sold. So what happened there? Were those two sister properties or something? That, that was a two-property portfolio, and um, going into that, um, 
Weibel said that the um, smaller of the two properties we were going to hold for one year and one day, and it was going to be sold. And true to his word, it was about one year and a couple months, and he sold the smaller property, and that's the one that we made 400% on. Gotcha. And the other property is the, the one that's uh, up for the cash-out refi. So the snowball has started. The snowball has started. We've, uh, I've heard the term uh, second generation uh, money. So we're starting to, I'm starting to um, redeploy some of that second generation money back into deals, which is kind of exciting for me. Yeah, that is. That, that really is. Uh, there's only one thing more exciting than the second generation money, which is really the, the, the next step. That's step two. The third step is uh, where you've drawn your money back off the table again, and you're playing with house money on everything. Everything is yep. house money at that point. And then you're sitting there and you're like Curtis and myself and other people that have accumulated quite a bit of wealth. And you're sitting there going, what do I do with this money? <laughs> do I just keep buying more stuff? Do I just keep making more money? Do I just or do I keep it or what do I do? Should I buy a bigger house? Should I, you know, buy my kids a boat, a yacht? What do, you know, it really gets to be that strange thing when you have no more money in these deals and they just keep going and going and going. So uh, that's that's your next big one to look forward to, Jeff. Looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the daughter being a uh, being an ambassador. That's got to make you proud, huh? Super proud. She's um, a member, is into uh, several deals, and um, just a dynamic person. She coordinates the, the local events here in the Portland area, and we have monthly meetings. And I, I think she's just, uh, she, she loves it. She enjoys it. She loves the people. And um, she's setting herself up for success, too, by networking with all of these people, investing in these deals. Uh, she's got a young daughter, our, our uh, granddaughter, so it'll be setting Joanna up for um, success in the future as well. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Is she going to be able to make it to my house for the great uh, party we're having over here in October? I don't know. I, have, I haven't asked her that. Hopefully she can. The ambassadors have a ticket to it, so she may want to attend. <laughs> All right, so um, now that you're where you're at, what's the plan? How do you see this thing going forward in the future over the next five to ten years? Next five to ten years, we will continue investing. We'll get that second, third generation um, money back in so we can get to that point where we've uh, taken our money off the table, like you said, and um, hopefully less than five years, Kelly will be retired, my wife. And uh hate to break it to my uh, bus driving family, but you don't have me for a whole lot longer. <laughs> I'll be off the table, too, uh, and out on the road in the Airstream somewhere. And uh, just enjoying life, trying to give back and network with more lifestyles folks. It's, pretty interesting um since i've attended a couple expos people have reached out to me and uh so we've got this network of 
friends, I call them now, that we talk about what's going on, what's the economy doing, what are different areas of the country doing. So I, I see that continuing for quite some time. Well, Jeff, I want to thank you for being on the show and sharing your story with us. All the rest of you out there, remember this. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.